Let's take this first shot. Let's do it. Shot one. Oh my God. Shot two. <laughs> oh. Uh, oh. Shot, shot three. three. See, I'll admit the third one's a little rough. I'm it was a little rough. Don't you do it. My mouth is watering. <laughs> That's the first side. This is three shots in. I'm fucking drunk. Welcome to three shots in. I'm Jake. I'm Jess. And this is episode 31. It is. We're talking about sink. I know what you're thinking. The topic of the night sink. What do you mean? Sink like the kitchen sink? Uh, sink like you're you're sinking like in a in a boat or a ship maybe synchronized swimming oh you could do that uh, uh, lip sinking in sync the band maybe wow it really could be anything it could be I don't think it is though it's not I think we're both talking about like like the physical act of sinking yeah so <laughs> okay well whatever uh, starting off we would have of course love to give a big shout out and big thanks to our generous and gorgeous patrons. We would. Thank you so much. Wonderful and attractive to all around you. Mom and dad, Danny and Terry, Abria, Thomas, David, Jeremy, Ricky, Sweet Sam, and TJ. You guys are fantastic. You guys are the best. You keep us going. We paid off this audio equipment because of you. And we're going to get into more debt and pay off (laughs) that debt because of you too. Thank you so much. That's true. That is true. That is the plan right now. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, so the shots for the night. You weren't a fan of that. I absolutely hated it. I almost threw up twice. That's true. I noticed. I didn't make a big deal out of it. Was it was it because I had the bitch bucket in my lap? It you did have it in your lap. That's true. And it is very big. Oh, it's it's the largest bitch bucket. It's a spacious bucket. Mm-hmm. And you did have it in your lap. It's bright blue. Yeah. I noticed it right away. Uh-huh. Um, but no, for me, what what made me realize maybe you were having some trouble with the shots that I wasn't having was the the seizing, the shakes. Oh yeah, I was seizing just just a smidge. A little bit. It was just like a, like, oh, I'm gonna vomit, this is disgusting, I mm-hmm. think I'm gonna die, mm-hmm. you know, seizing. Yeah. So, right. it happens. It did. It did, but yeah, it happens to, you know, everybody, really. Every, okay. Everybody's experienced that. Okay. I feel a little left out. I haven't felt any shakes or seizing. Well, you need to find your weakness. Apparently mine is Buchanan's blended scotch whiskey. <laughs> it was a gift to us, actually, a gift to three shots in from Bossman James. He followed through. He followed through. Bossman James is a listener, just like all of you. Mm-hmm. And he had the audacity to send us some blended scotch whiskey that he did not care for. Correct. Basically, we are acknowledging that we will be your garbage disposal for liquors that you don't like. Yeah. Um, maybe don't ship us like open bottles, though, or something. Is that not how that works? You don't no. want them to do that? I don't want that. Oh, is that unsafe for something? What if they put like cyanide in it? Oh, I guess that's true. And we die on Instagram live. Mm, yeah, I can see some people wanting to poison us. Yeah, sealed, closed, sealed bottles only, please. Right. Okay. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, thank you. Yes. Sealed, closed, fresh, and uh, we will guzzle it. Oh, yeah, we will. We'll drink it up. We'll slurp it right into our throat holes. I don't know that I would have called it my throat hole, but it is I guess a ho- it, Can you deny that it's a hole? Technically, you're onto something there. It's my, a throat. My throat hole. And it, there is a hole there? Yeah. That is exactly where you're slurping it. Correct. It's not slurping anywhere else. 
unless you want it to slurp somewhere else. I don't. I don't. Uh, drinks, Jessica? Drinks? Tonight we're drinking Dr. Whiskers. Oh. That's a Dr. Pepper with whiskey. That is. Not just any whiskey. We mixed Jack Daniels Tennessee Honey Whiskey. Katie's favorite. Is that her favorite? Yes. Oh my God. She loved it. That's gross. She said that's her favorite. Disgusting. Love and respect goes your way, but also disgust. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, Jack Daniels Tennessee Honey mixed with some Dr. Pepper. Very it, easy cocktail. It's not bad. It tastes like Dr. Pepper, but a little sweeter. Yeah, it kind of like a, has like a little like vanilla to it or something. I don't really right. know. Yes, it's a good point. I agree. It's not bad. It's not no. bad. I would drink this. You know, you again. are. Right I would now. drink it again. Right. Right. Yeah. Okay. Well, Jessica, we got to move into life updates. That's true. Why don't you go first this time? I feel like I'm Thank constantly you. hogging it. You know, I I would love to go first. So we have ten words or less, right? Yeah. Okay. Here we go. Got pretty drunk with friends. Wanted to swim. Broke in. Whoa. Yeah. A little little weird. It rhymed a little bit too. Thank you. Thank you. That was unintentional. I wasn't complimenting That's you. Okay. Okay. I'll take it anyway. Thanks. <laughs> um, so last night after BJ's, right, we all went to BJ's. It's like a whole big wedding the, gang. I'm sorry, the verb or the restaurant? Uh, the restaurant. Oh, that yeah, would be a verb anyway. We, didn't, we're, we weren't receiving. We were eating at. We were eating at the BJ's. Okay. Yes. So as like a whole wedding gang, right, because you guys are all in our wedding. We did a whole bunch of wedding stuff today. We decided to end the day with a big dinner at BJ's and afterwards, um, the boys, Lucas and Albert, mm -hmm. were going to come over and hang out with us, right. me and Danny right. and her cousin, Nikki. Yeah. And we managed to peer pressure, uh, Joey and Tony into coming also. Oh, nice. Yes. So the whole, they were all there. Yeah. And we were having drinks and we were having fun. And then next thing you know, Luke and Albert were like, oh, hey, we have our swim trunks. And we were like, oh shit, I can go slip mine on. And we did. And we were like, cool, the pool doesn't close until 10, right? This is like nine o'clock or something. And so we make a cooler, go down to the pool, and the gate is locked. <gasps> James. Boss man James. Boss man James locked us out of our own pool an hour before it closed. Now, it wasn't actually him. It was his underling, mm -hmm. but still. Um, so without skipping a beat, right? Now, mind you, this is like, imagine like a, a regular like pool fence, but with like, Eight inch spikes at the top. Yeah. Uh, Nikki starts climbing it, jumps over. Yeah. She's good to go. Okay. So all of our drunk asses climbed, climbed over this spiked fence. Um, I got real handsy with Joey. I was lifting his butt, <laughs> um, which by the way, he's been working on it. I could tell. Wow. So I lifted from, I lifted underneath him. I lifted his butt. That over. is high praise. Um, and then Joey also got a little touchy with me because when I was over the gate, my foot got stuck uh -huh. and I was about to sit down on one of the spikes. Oh, he stopped you. And so he put his fist down and my nuts uh, <laughs> kind of folded over his wrist. <laughs> that is so, that I mean, very, very helpful of him yes. to do. Yes. Protective even. I know, he said that he, my future children should thank him because they wouldn't exist without him at this point. Right. Yeah. Um, and as soon as we all got over this fence, which by the way, there were people standing on their balconies taking pictures of us. <laughs> <laughs> as soon as we were all finally over the fence, um, the the maintenance dude came by and was like, oh, I can unlock this. And he <laughs> <laughs> and he unlocked the gate and was like, yeah, I'll see you guys later. And showed up at like 1030 and we were like, oh, we'll go. And we left and then he relocked it. So Great. yeah. 
you made a wonderful memory, it sounds like. Yeah, um, wanna know what's fun too? What? There happens to be a camera that is angled <laughs> where to like the bottom right corner is that gate. And so they will have the full like 15 minute <laughs> footage of all of us climbing over this deadly ass fence into the pool area. Just to be allowed in. Yeah. Without breaking any rules. Correct. Or policies. Correct. I see. Uh, and then Danny called James and he was like, oh, I literally could have just sent someone to go open the gate for you guys. And I was like, Danny, I fucking told you. But Nikki was already over and I was like, I can't leave her there. So we all had to go. Well, oh, also uh, baby Reagan was there too. The we, baby got yeah, passed over the yeah, fence? Yeah, we lifted her over the, over the, <laughs> over the gate. <laughs> yeah, she went swimming with us. <laughs> okay. Yeah, it was wild time, but it was fun. It sounds, like I said, wonderful memory mm -hmm. you created. Yes, yes we did. And some awesome pictures for some people and their camera rolls. Oh yeah, there were flashes going off from like balconies and I was like, oh shit, man. Yeah. They're getting a view. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But yeah, that's my life update. How about you? A lot of estrogen this weekend. Shrimp, scampi, dad's here. <laughs> I think I'm picking up, right? Dad's here, you ate some shrimp scampi and you're also PMSing pretty bad, I'm assuming? No, zero PMS. Oh no. No, but this weekend I had two days where your future bride wanted to spend time with her bridesmaids. Yes. I am one of those bridesmaids. Mm -hmm. Nikki, her cousin, who you mentioned in your update, is her maid of honor. Mm -hmm. And I spent time with three other women for hours on end. Sorry, I had to wait for that to finish up because oh, yeah. I was in the middle of orgasming, having heard it. Because you could hear how massive that I, penis because was. Because I could hear the sheer masculinity coming through the window panes, you know what I mean? Oh yeah. Anyway, your future bride insisted on two days of hours on end with all her bridesmaids. And I did have a good time, mm -hmm. but I am not accustomed to that much estrogen being around me uh, all at once. Yes. For that long two days in a row, especially. I see. So I was exhausted by the end of it, even having had a nice time. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, it was interesting. It was eye-opening for me. Yeah, that's fair. It's a lot of boobs, boobies. <laughs> okay. And, and Poonani all around me. Sure. Of which I also possess. Just an right. interesting situation right. to be in. I'm not that I'm not used to because typically it's just me and Terry and our two sons. Right. And the most estrogen I'm around is occasionally Sam and occasionally Danny. Right. Um, you said a lot of boobs, but did anyone have eight nipples like you do? I don't know what you mean. I have just two. No, you have eight because you're you're a horse. No, I have two. Pretty sure they got eight. Nope. I'm not a horse, I have two. Okay. I'm a human person right. with two. Okay, maybe they don't even have eight. I don't know, you tell I, me. I have only two, okay. and I am not a horse. Right. I have five fingers on each hand. So shrimp scampi, what, what was that about? Well, I had shrimp scampi at BJ's. Oh, you did? The restaurant. Right. Right. When we were there. It was delicious. Nice. Not a super eventful week for me. Okay. <laughs> the shrimp scampi was a highlight though. I really okay. enjoyed it. And dad's also in town. Yeah, would you look at that? Yeah, um, I was, fun fact, I was the last one to know. So that's exciting. My oh. fiance knew before me. I'm sorry. All of the bridesmaids knew before me. What? Yeah, I had no idea he was here. Okay. <laughs> until I found out he was and I called him and asked him to come pick my drunk ass up from Cheddar's. <laughs> <laughs> so hold on, you're admitting that you found out your father was in town mm -hmm. after having been gone for a couple of months. Yeah. And your first 
interaction with him was to call him and ask him to to do a favor for you because you got more drunk than you expected. No, I got just as drunk as I expected, but I expected to Uber back home mm-hmm. and he really saved me like $12, so. Okay. Yeah, it was, it was pretty nice. It's very convenient. I know, and then we hung out, we drank more. That's one whole case of ranch water. Oh yeah, yeah, that is a 12 pack right there. That's exactly what I'm saying. So, yeah. that, that's a bottle of Popov. <laughs> I thought a bottle of Popov was 16 now. Well, maybe the $12 Uber has tip and tax, Jessica, I don't know. That much tax and tip? I don't know. In this economy, maybe. <laughs> anyway, dad's in town. And so I am anticipating he will be a guest at some point very soon. I am also anticipating this. I'm assuming very, very soon. We're going to have to coach him because he um, would require a lot of editing without some coaching. I, right. I anticipate that as well. I would also anticipate this. But we'll see. Anyway, that's my update. Well, fantastic. Let us move right into the first wheel spin. Right, this is a non-edited episode. Let's just go for it. All right, would you rather sleep, this was a a mail-in, I'm assuming, this is very specific. Would you rather sleep with a placenta bear every night or would you rather eat breast milk cheese every day? Yes, this was a send-in from an avid listener. Are there other pictures? Yes. Am I going to see what a placenta bear looks like? You 100% will. And I'm going to tell you right now, Jacob, it's not a pretty sight. Are you going to, are you going to show me what breast milk cheese looks like? Yeah. Is it a pretty sight? No. Oh man. This is a placenta bear or a placenta teddy. Right. Oh man. Okay. Yeah. It literally looks like a bear made of human skin. That looks like it's straight out of a horror movie. This looks like a teddy bear a la Ted Gein. Yeah. Edgeen. Is it Edgeen? Am I thinking Ted Bundy? Yeah, you okay. mixed them. Honestly, Ted Bundy would probably also be interested in this teddy. Yeah, that's gross. Yeah. That's horrendous. Everyone go and Google placenta teddy bear to see that for yourself. Hideous. There's also breast milk cheese. And uh, not going to lie to you, Jacob, there are a lot of dark spots in this cheese. Oh, no. Oh, God, it looks like blue cheese. I'm sleeping with the placenta bear. <laughs> I am sleeping every night. I'm cuddling that placenta bear. That looks like some sour cheese. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. What about you, Jess? What's your answer? Hold on. Are you reading the reviews of the, of the breast milk cheese? Just a little bit. I'm reading an excerpt. So someone tried this breast milk cheese and they got very helpful and descriptive with their experience. They explain that they have been testing and tasting cheese for 40 years. Okay restaurant food, but I assume cheese is included. They say that they learn to love sea urchin, eat live shrimp. Why are they comparing these things? They explain that they never hesitated when it came to passing around deep fried spiders. I'm assuming this is to explain that they've tried a lot of weird shit. And then breast milk cheese was passed their way. They say, this one admittedly made me a tad squeamish. Once committed, however, to rendering the official verdict on the first restaurant dish made of human protein, unless you count Sweeney Todd. Lame. I ran into a little snag called the New York Health Department. Oh, oops. Yeah. After a story in yesterday's New York Post, they've apparently forbidden the chef from not only making his breast milk cheese in the restaurant, but having it on Klee's premises, premises, much less serving it. So essentially... The health department was like, nah. Yeah. No, man. 
we're not doing that. Right, that makes sense. But he didn't talk about what it tastes like. He did try it though. And? It's the unexpected texture that's so off-putting. Nope, placenta bear. Strangely soft, bouncy like panna cotta. Ugh, no. <laughs> so I made a few calls and a secured and secured some of Angerer's private stash, the excess liquid gold his breastfeeding wife and business partner Lori Mason had stored in her tiny home freezer, nibbling fresh goat cheese and cow's milk ricotta while I waited for the underground mana to arrive. I, okay. I will I will kiss my placenta bear every night if you stop reading. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like at first he wasn't sure about it and then more and more his penis became hard. So I'm gonna go ahead and say placenta bear for placenta me. Placenta bear. Placenta bear for me. Unanimous decision. Yeah. That sounds absolutely, I mean, my body is so tense right now. <laughs> Hearing you read what that man wrote about fucking breast milk cheese, I'm, I'm disgusted. Yeah, super not cool with what I just read. No. Sounds like he became moister and moister as he tested this human cheese. That is so gross and disgusting. Mm -hmm. Who sent that? Who sent this in? John. John, you're disgusting. Thank you so much. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Love to hear it. We also had a listener send in an email. Oh, okay. We did. Sure. What is it? There were two. Okay. Both from the same listener. Flash, if you recall. Oh, yeah. I recall Flash. He sent something in before. Mm -hmm. He also left us a wonderful review. Uh, I think he's he's joined us on our live once. I think so. Yeah. I think so. He's a busy guy. It's Very a big busy. Deal. Yeah. He sent us two emails. One was nice. Okay. And it says, I just listened to episode 29. I'm so happy that Sam didn't die. She's my favorite guest star. That is all. Yours always, Flash. Oh. It was very sweet. That is so sweet. Thanks, Flash. Thank Sam you, Flash. Sam did make a great recovery. I just saw her yesterday. She did. Doing very well. Yes, she's doing wonderfully. Thank you so much for wishing her well. Then a second email was sent shortly okay. after that, minutes after actually, and it said the following. I have been traumatized by episode 29. I went and bought wine in a box for the first time in my life. Oh. Now I am extra stressed because I only have 30 days to drink the three liters of wine in this box. Yeah. I don't even know how much three liters is because I'm not Canadian. Right, right. He's American. I am currently watching The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent starring <gasps> Nicolas Cage as himself and Doogie Howser as his agent. This might possibly be the low point of my life thanks to y'all. Honestly, Flash, my man, sounds like it. And he ended with, I hope you each develop a nagging rectal itch. Love, Flash. And I responded. You see, I'm confused. Why? Uh, conflicted, really. Um, well, first he wishes that my ass itches constantly, but then he throws in the love flash, you know? Mm. Does he hate me or does he love me? It's hard to say. Or does he hate how much he loves well, me? Well, here is our collective response. Am I reading that? Flash, you have our sympathies for entering what is clearly a crisis in your mid to late life, but we assure you the Three Shots In podcast had nothing to do with this. Go peacefully with our regards and these helpful resources to help you in this trying time. Forever yours, Jake and Jess, XOXO. There are links. Um, I noticed that. Am Three I, of am them. I, am I meant to click those links? Yes, the first one, second, and third. 
You put a link on every word? Three words. Okay. I'm clicking these. So it's a link to uh, an Amazon item of a uh, women's Rogaine 5% <laughs> uh, some word foam for hair thinning and loss. Okay. So for women to grow their hair back? Yes. Okay. Wonderful. There's another link attached to helpful and then a third to resources. Please explain what link is attached to the word helpful. Oh, very lovely. It is a it is a book um, that is free with Kindle Unlimited, by the way. It is called Erectile Dysfunction, Four Fruits Men Should Eat to Combat Weak Erection. And that's not weak, long erection. That is weak with an A. Weak. Mm. Just sad erection. As in opposite of strong. Right. Man. I wanted to be as helpful as possible. No, and that's so sweet. Oh, and the, the last one um, is a... Two packs of 14, that is a 28 count, of large-sized men's depend. (laughs) Um, Male adult diapers, night defense. (laughs) I'm assuming those nighttime uh, peas are a little heavier. I assumed the same. Wow. And like I said, my goal was being as helpful as possible. Yeah. um, I see Flash replied. He did. Just this. Um, Is that assholes? It is simply assholes. With an exclamation mark? Yes. Wow. Okay. Here we are trying to be helpful, Flash. (laughs) You know what? I hope your rectum is so itchy that you have to rip off and destroy all of your depends. I hope hope the depends makes your, your butt itchy. So whatever. Love, Jake. You know? Some people just, you know, have a lot of trouble accepting help when it's offered to them. It's sad. It's sad to hear it, honestly. Mm -hmm. It is. Brings a tear to my eye. Same. Yeah. Was that sniffling? You got the sniffles now? I'm just slightly emotional. I get it. Oh, I get it. Oh, you're patting your eyes now. Oh, man. Man, do we need a break or do you think you can? I can power through. Okay. Okay. Uh, So it is time for the first story, which is mine. Talking about sink. You are talking about kitchen sinks, I assume. The the topic is sink. You're going to talk about sinks? I tried to find like a, a really like destructive, like, disposable sink thing. I tried to find um, sinks that like fell out of like an airplane and like killed someone. So you know how you think of cool things after you've already done your notes sometimes? Yeah. I thought of like people killing other people because they left dishes in the kitchen sink. Oh, that'd be fun. Right? I bet that exists. I didn't think of that one. I'm sure it does. But I didn't. I thought of it too late. Well, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about a boat, specifically a tugboat, that sank. I see. Well, this tugboat was off the coast of the Gulf of Guinea. Okay? Not not New Guinea, Old Guinea? The old one. Okay. Yeah, the Old Guinea. Uh, specifically like 20 miles from like the shore of uh, Nigeria. Okay. okay. So we're, we're, you know, in Africa area. Yeah. Um, so this tugboat company was providing, obviously, uh, services of, you know, tugging boats. And so they sent three tugboats out to help tow in a Chevron oil tanker. Oh, wow. Yeah, these are big ass ships. Right. Well, they got there kind of late in the night and I, I guess they don't tug boats at night or something. So- Is that like a health thing? Or I don't not know. Not a health thing, but like a safety, they can't see at night, so. Maybe, I don't know. And so they were just chilling. So they just kind of like parked their boats in front of the oil tanker and we're just gonna wait until the morning Mm-hmm. to then tug the oil tanker into uh, what I'm assuming would be a port or something. Okay. Um, but right about 4.30 a.m., 
mm-hmm. a rogue wave oh, no. struck. Now, these tugboats were not necessarily parked that close together. What is a rogue wave? Uh, that's, you know, like a, not, nece- not necessarily like a tsunami or a tidal wave, but a very, very, very large wave. A rare one. That just randomly happens. We have no idea why. No warning. It just happens. Okay. A big ass wave. So this big ass wave hits one of the tugboats Mm -hmm. and immediately it flips and begins sinking. Oh my God. Right. So there there are 12 crew members on this tugboat. And at 4.30 a.m., you can imagine they're all sleeping. I can imagine that. So they're all in their quarters in bed asleep. Mm -hmm. Now, apparently in the Gulf of Guinea, uh, piracy is a big problem. Okay. And because of this, the ship is locked from the inside. (gasps) Oh my God. Okay. So there's no way in the ship from the outside. Yeah. You have to be inside and unlock the doors. Yeah. And they go as far as to lock their own quarters. Oh my God. So every crew member has their own room where they have their own key yeah. that they lock from the inside okay. for protection. Mm-hmm. As you can imagine, um, great for pirates, right? Can Pirates can't get in here. That no, That's true. Uh-huh. The logic behind like slowing the pirates down makes sense. Yeah. But not super helpful in this scenario. Not necessarily, because it, it's, it's pretty bad for, uh, you know, sinking. Yeah. Yeah, not the best. Well. Of the 12 crew members, 11 of them were in fact in their rooms with the doors locked. One crew member, however, 29-year-old Harrison Okene, the cook aboard this tugboat, happened to be out of his room. He had left his room at about 4.30 in the morning in nothing but his underwear because he had to poop. <laughs> okay. He had to take a poop. So he was, in, he was actually sitting on the toilet when the tugboat <gasps> no. was struck. <laughs> By this rogue wave. So that sounds like it's like the worst fate, right? I know it but I, I'm I'm betting if anyone's gonna survive, it's this pooper guy. Yes, yes. It's, look, His name again? Uh Harrison Okene. Okay, Pooper Harrison is probably the one who survives if there's only one. He's probably the most likely to survive. We'll find out. But he's gonna be covered in his own poop. He was covered in his own poop okay. for sure. Okay. Yeah, there's no way he got around that. Um so as water began entering into the tugboat, right? Because it's it's sinking. Mm-hmm. So water is clearly entering it, which is adding more weight and pressure and causing it to sink. Um, Harrison managed to force open the restroom door, right? Which had he had to push open. Right. So he's pushing all of this water. It must have been very, very heavy and intense. I imagine. He must have also got a lot of pressure from the water and all this stuff. But he did. He got the door open and he was holding on kind of like for dear life because of the weird pressure that was happening. It was trying to suck him into the hallway. That's not necessarily a bad thing, is it? Maybe, but there's nowhere to go from there. So let me let me continue. Okay. Um, he sees down a different hallway, the three, uh, three of his crewmates managed to escape their rooms. Okay. And they're swimming towards an emergency exit. Right. And they open it while the ship is sinking. Okay. And so it opens. Yeah. And all three of them are sucked out very quickly. It's a good thing, I assume. Maybe if they weren't so deep in the ocean already. Oh. So he watched all three of them die. Oh my God. Very rapidly. Because of the pressure? Because of the pressure. Oh no. How deep was he already? We'll, we'll get there. 
we'll get there. I don't know where they were when this happened, but the force became so strong that Harrison got sucked out of the restroom. Yeah. Now, he managed to, I don't know, grab a hold of another room or something and crawled his way in. Mm -hmm. Happened to be another restroom where he held on for dear life on a sink. The sink was above him and he was hugging it. Yeah. Because he happened to find one of the only air pockets in the entire ship. Okay. So he found an air pocket. They are still sinking. Yeah. But he can breathe. Yeah. And he's holding on for dear life. Now, he was hanging there for a while. In the, waiting. the air pocket. And it's a very small air pocket. Yeah. And so he knows, I don't have much time hanging here. I'm gonna run out of oxygen pretty quick. So he decides to make a move. Now, what he is unaware of is that, well, he, he's aware that the ship has stopped moving. It is no longer sinking because it has reached the bottom. 100 feet down, not as far as, not as far as it could have been, yeah. right? They were close to shore, it's only about 100 feet mm -hmm. or 30 meters. Right. So he decides to make a move. But before that happened, right when the tugboat went under, emergency services were called, right? There were two other tugboats. There was a whole oil rig or oil uh, tanker. I assume there. not everybody was asleep. Right. So okay. they saw that tugboat go down and they immediately called. So there, people are there, okay? They made a move very quickly. Now, when they got there, they, the rescue crew, they began like organizing a plan as to have what they were gonna do and how they were gonna do it. But there were two problems with this plan. One of them, a very big problem. One of them, kind of just a convenient problem. Okay. The big problem was nobody in this rescue crew had deep diving equipment. Nobody did. The what? lowest they could go was like 50 feet. Ugh. They need deep diving equipment. Yeah. They don't have it. The kind of convenient thing was that there was no sign of survivors. Ugh. So they moved on. No. Oh my rode, God. Rode them off, moved on. Um, after about a day of floating in that air pocket and the, with the sink, yeah. that's when he decided, fuck, I gotta go. I gotta do something. Like I'm, I'm just gonna die right here. I'm gonna run out. So it's complete darkness, right? There's literally no lights. Yeah. Uh, Harrison decides to swim towards the engineering room and with just fingers crossed, apparently. He makes it where he managed to find an even larger air pocket. Ugh. Somehow. Thank this God. area, this this air pocket was about four feet tall uh -huh. and was about the length of the room. So like, it, it's huge. But the other one, he was barely able to keep his head out in it. Right. Now he's got basically the whole room. So uh, once he was there, he realized that he would have more more air, and so he was he was okay and would be able to live there longer. But he was still freezing. Oh no! What what ocean is this in? Atlantic. Ooh. The surface temperature at this time it said was about like eighty one degrees Fahrenheit. Mm. But you go a hundred feet down, and it gets very cold very quickly. Yeah, I imagine. So he was freezing, and decided he needed to do something about it. He managed to find a mattress that was like floating nearby or something. Like it must've been in the engineering room or something. Um, he got, got the mattress. He began ripping apart pieces of the wall to kind of like reinforce this mattress. Um, oh, he had light in here. He found a life jacket that had like a flashlight. Oh, So he had dope. light again. Yeah, he had light okay. again. So he's able to kind of craft something and he does. He made a small little like, I mean, really rinkety raft and he was able to climb on top of it and chill and stop out of freezing. the water. <laughs> yeah. Oh, thank God. Now, mind you, you're still going to get hypothermia, but this 
extends your time immensely. Um, after a while of sitting there, right, um, his flashlight went out and it was dark again. Bummer. Yeah. But um, he began smelling something. Oh, what there was a. He said he described it as a terrible, rotting smell. His friends, I assume. He believes it that to be to be his crewmates that were decomposing. Okay. How long has he been under at this point? Two days? Must be a while, right? Oh my God. To top all that off, okay, because he's at the bottom of the ocean with crazy pressure and literally no sound at all besides the sound he makes. Does he hallucinate? No, no, no. But because there's no sound, every little sound is intensely magnified. Okay. So every time an object clanks into another one, he can hear it. Every time the hole begins to break and give or ex expand or compress, he hears, he hears all of it. And he hears animals eating <laughs> what he assumes to be his friends and crewmates. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah, he heard like crunching and shit. Uh, oh my God, that's so nightmarish. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit. And it's dark. Fuck. <laughs> it is dark. My God. Um, so his the company that he worked for, the tugboat company, mm -hmm. they had called a specific like deep diving people to come out there to go down and get the corpses of the 12 people. Okay. Right, because they had already written them off. As dead. There's no way someone survived down there for this long. So they're sending them down to go and get the corpses. Yeah. So they get there and come up with a plan. Totally, totally good. Totally good to go. Um, but they did face some tough challenges in this plan because not only was this ship upside down, 100 feet down in the ocean, it landed in soft mud, which caused all sorts of dirt and mud and dust and debris to bounce up into the water. And so visual, visually, you can see nothing, basically. Yeah. yeah. Um, on top of that, all of the doors, like I said earlier, were all latched from the inside. Right. So they would have to like carve their way in somehow. Okay. To hopefully find these twelve bodies. Mm hmm So three divers go down. They had a they had a dude who was like talking to them with a microphone. He was watching them on with camera and shit to like guide them and whatever. Um it took them about an hour to carve their way into the ship, but they did it. And they slowly entered the ship and they had to move insanely slow because of all of the floating, you know, sharp objects. Okay. That were just everywhere. And if they punctured their gear, they're a hundred feet down, they're fucked. So I'm thinking more than just equipment and like kitchen utensils I'm, and stuff I'm like assuming, that, but also like shrapnel and- Right, the ship was torn apart. Right. Yeah. Okay. Um, so two of the divers notice some corpses, uh, specifically four of them. And so they start gathering them because they're going to take them up. That's what one they're of, there for. Right. One of them goes uh, down a different hallway where he sees another corpse. And which as makes he's, five. Which would be five. As he's going past, the corpse actually grabs his arm. Fuck. Oh, yeah. So he's about to shit his pants 100 feet down. It was actually Harrison. Oh, my God. Harrison heard them making noises and... He decided that this was his moment. This was the time that he could make his move. And he swam, found the diver, he saw his light, and he grabbed his arm. Now he thought, he must have thought he was a corpse because he was like floating, like, or whatever. Anyway, they, he guides them back to his air pocket. They teach him how to breathe 
with their equipment. Uh-huh. They give him one. Oh my god. They the sh- the ship up top drops down this like pressurized container or whatever. For him. They swim him out there thinking for sure he's going to freak out being in the middle of the black ocean and he's going to die anyway. He's literally been living in it yeah. for days. For what he was unaware was right at the 3 day mark. Oh. He thought he was down there for 12 to 24 hours somewhere oh in there. Oh my god. It was 3 days. Oh poor baby. Uh, so they get him in this pressurized tube. They pull him up. Um, they ended up finding 11 corpses. One is just gone. Okay. Cannot find it. So, but they got 11. Well, based off the crunching. Oh, I meant 10 corpses. I I thought. Yes, yeah, 10 corpses plus Harrison. One body was just gone. It was 12 people total. Yes. Gotcha. So uh, Harrison then had to, after they got him, they had put him in like a decompression chamber. Uh, it took them like a long time to bring him up slowly because they were like, dude, you're going to die with the bends anyway. Like, we got to do this the right way. It's got to be slow. Pull him up slowly. And then he goes into like a decompression chamber for another like two or three days. And then finally he's out and he's good to go. Alive. He made it. He's actually, I thought this was a little fun fact, the only person in the world to survive on the seafloor for three days. In our history, on record at least. Ever. No one has ever been in a ship that sank down and touched the floor of the ocean and managed to live. He's the only one. So that's impressive. That is very impressive. Um, that is essentially the end of the story. Um, it does get a little sadder for Harrison because apparently in Nigeria, they're very like suspicious or not suspicious. Um, that's not the word. Superstitious. superstitious. There Super- we go. Superstitious. They're very superstitious, mm-hmm. um, specifically like the religious community okay. that he was a part of. Yeah. And he was unable, he he stopped, he like refrained himself from going to his, the 11 funerals of his friends. Why? Because people had suspected him of black magic and witchcraft oh. for being able to survive in there and being the only person ever and whatnot that oh, he must have done something in order to do guy. it. So he, he lives his days kind of exiled from that community that he was once in. That's hard. I know. I know. I haven't seen, I didn't read any recent interviews with him. This was back in 2013. Right. That's recent. Oh yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. 2013. So now he would be right about 38 years old. Poor guy. He made it though. With like relatively no injuries. Oh, you know, he's got some insane PTSD. Fuck yeah, he his, does. His, 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 he apparently wakes up with night terrors and oh, all sorts of shit. Poor baby. Like his his wife has to like calm him down and all oh, that. Like, yeah. that's so sad. At his, least- His brain took damage. So considering the superstition, at least his, his wife is still good to go. Mm-hmm. He still has that. Right. It okay. was the community that he was in. That's thinks still- he is, he is a black magic some, cultist. Some sort of sorcerer. Yeah. That That's fucked up and terrible, but- at least his marriage is okay. Mm-hmm. I'm sure that would have hurt a lot more. Yeah, if she was like, no, you're, 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 you're obviously evil a war, sorcerer. Obviously a warlock. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. I mean, I'm so happy he survived though. Right? That's so impressive Good to me. Good for him. Like, mind you, he got very lucky to find what they believe to be the only two air pockets mm-hmm. in the ship and somehow hung out long enough for people to go there to grab his corpse. Yep. It's insane. It's an insane story. I was very happy to find that. That's great. Good story, Jake. Thank you. Thank Wonderful you. edition. Yeah, Harrison Okene, badass. Badass. <laughs> and he can cook a mean meal. 
He can. Oh, oh he's yeah. a cook. He's he a was cook. the cook. I forgot. He's a cook. He 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 did. He ended up taking a job as like a chef at some place um, on land, and he vows to never go back into the water ever. Not surprised <laughs> whatsoever. Yeah. I would be absolutely uninterested in returning there after something like that. That makes a lot of sense to mm-hmm. me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's it. Great story. Thank you. Wonderful. Thank you. Well, uh, it's about break time. It is. It is break time. We have like Italian burritos or some shit in front of us. Piatas. There you go. Yeah. I'm excited. Mm -hmm. Well, we're going to eat them and uh, maybe we'll have some chats, maybe some updates and maybe some something really exciting during the break. You should listen. Mm -hmm. We should. You should. You should. We will. I'm going to. I will too. You do it. Probably. Do it. Okay. up in a new three shots in patron exclusive. Tannis was a simple country girl looking for an escape from boring farm life. Big Al was everything she was looking for. A sexy bad boy carnosaur from the wrong side of the food chain. Would their torrid romance tear their families apart? Wet Hot Allosaurus Summer by Lola Faust. To become a patron, go to threeshotsin.com and click the monthly subscription link. This is intended only for mature audiences. Three Shots In is not responsible for any soaked pants, green jeans, or stained seats. Listener discretion is advised. Gosh, sinking. Gosh. Kitchen sinks? Boat sinking? In sync? Synchronized swimming? I forgot that existed for a moment there. Sometimes they sink straight down to the bottom of the pool. Mm. I hear concussions are rampant. Yeah. Sometimes we sink in life. Oh, we feel really down. It's deep. Yeah. You know who, who lifts me up when, when I'm in the midst of a sink? Our sponsors. <laughs> we would like to thank Tilted Tinker, Woodcraft and Wizardry. Tilted Tinker is a company that makes woodcraft products. They make plaques with all sorts of, of hilarious sayings. Lots of sarcasm and underhanded insults. All of that dry humor is mixed in with Dungeons and Dragons accessories. That's right. And everything is assembled by hand, all here in the United States. Made in the USA, and it is family owned. They are close friends of ours. That's the most I'll say. Could be anyone. Could be anyone. But they are fantastic, and we do love their products. We own many of them. I have personally purchased several items. Oh, yeah. When I get drunk, I buy a lot of their shit. It's pretty great. You can visit their website at TiltedTinker.com. You can reach out to them at info at TiltedTinker.com. They are Tilted Tinker on all their social medias. Nice. You should go and you should buy something, listener, from their website because they're awesome. Mm -hmm. And they love us just like we love you. Jacob, we also have some discount codes from Tilted Tinker. We do. They were so amazing and kind to provide exclusive three shots in promo codes for their website, which give... 15% off your entire purchase. Wow, that's a big deal. It is a big deal. And they provided two promo codes. You can make your purchase using the discount code HORSICA, H-O-R-S-E-I-C-A. That's HORSE, I-C-A. Or you can use Jacob McGuire. (laughs) Jacob is spelled J-A-C-O-B. McGuire, M-A-G-U-I-R-E. Wow. If you support Jessica more than you support me, use code Horsica. If you like me more than you like that bitch, go ahead and use Jacob McGuire. 
Jacob, are you in the know? I mean, I'm in the know, but I'm also in the No Republic. That's right. We are sponsored by the No Republic. They are a clothing brand who gives 20% of all proceeds to mental health awareness and suicide prevention in specifically high schools and colleges all around the United States. I didn't know that. Their clothing is unique and everything is done in house. I heard that they ventured with a third party and that third party didn't work out. So now that's right. Everything is crafted by hand, shipped with love and care. Yeah, they're an awesome company. They always give back and you can go on their website, the No Republic. Again, that's with a K, thenorepublic.com. Great customer service too. I reached out to them with a problem and they got back to me right away. Oh, wow. That's amazing. Mm -hmm. Normally people take like, you know, like within 24 hours, but how soon did they get back? Four hours. Whoa. All right. That was the break. Mm -hmm. A lot of important announcements there. Yeah. Including uh, some very special. I heard. I hear there's another patron exclusive on its way. What? Well, anyway, I think I'll spin the wheel. Okay. Another send-in. Okay. What's your biggest guilty pleasure? Ooh, spicy. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Biggest guilty pleasure. Um, for argument's sake, let's say no food. Oh, okay. That wasn't my first thought. Okay. Um, one of my, I have a lot of guilty pleasures. I'm guilty of having a lot of guilty pleasures. Right. One of my biggest ones is that I watch a lot of watch people die inside compilations on YouTube. Okay. A lot of close call people almost dying compilations Oh, mm-hmm. on YouTube, a lot of cringe and um, memes. Okay. Okay. Um, mine's a little different. Okay. My, uh, my guilty pleasure is um, sometimes I get into that little zone where I, I feel like I need to listen to uh, like gay pop music, you know? Interesting. So like Art Pop by uh, Lady Gaga, uh, um, Cher. Love it. Makes a, makes a move in there sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, Alanis. Oh, Alanis Morissette. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so every once in a while, I just get in this little kick where I just need to listen to that. Oh, and also, um, not really a gay pop, but uh, Carrie Underwood every now and then. I'm just like, I need to hear some Carrie Underwood. I don't even like country, you know? Right. But it is a guilty pleasure. That one that I will deny if anyone listening asks me about it. I see. Oh, yeah. I... Don't know the words to believe by Cher. You know, another another guilty pleasure of mine. What? I enjoy falling asleep to ASMR rug cleanings. Ew. It's not vaginas or muffs. (laughs) (laughs) It's actual rugs. Like carpets? Yes. Wait, is it a carpet or a rug that you can move? I mean, both. The magic carpet in Aladdin was a little like- Was a rug? It was a magic rug? Three foot by four by five foot like carpet. Oh. That they sat on and it was the magic carpet that flew around, you know? Uh-huh. But you might call it a rug. It's either one. Okay. Okay. But yeah, people will pay someone to wash their rugs. hmm And so they like, you know, put soapy water on it and they scrub it with this like industrial scrubber that kind of looks like a vacuum. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you've made those... me watch it before. Yeah. It casts a spell on me. Mm. It's like black magic. I get sleepy as soon as they start. But I can't stop watching. I am, I'm legitimately interested. Can't look away and I will fall asleep. Wow. Uh, since you did too, I'm gonna do another one. Another guilty pleasure is I like to watch YouTube videos about like movie reviews, but specifically only like foreign movies that got like two stars, 
Yeah, most recently there was one, I think it was like a, a Korean movie mm-hmm. where like prisoners were sent to like another planet to like live there or something. And they ended up finding like giant cockroach aliens and they were all injected with like superhuman powers. Okay. And it turned them all into like part insect. Okay. And so they were fighting the army of cockroaches together as like they were super powered with insect stuff. I'm not gonna lie, that is a really interesting concept. Oh, it it looks absolutely terrible and I think I might actually watch it. So I'll let you know. Okay. Yeah. Well, there we go. Those are the guilty pleasures. We got a lot of them. Now you got it. No one here listens to Share, of course. No one here watches movie reviews about terrible foreign films. Actually, that one I won't deny. It's pretty fun. Maybe that's the next movie we'll watch is that Korean film for a three-shot cinema. <gasps> oh, I've said too much. <gasps> Don't talk about such things, such secret things. That's a secret thing for patrons only, which you can become by subscribing on Patreon. Yeah, you could do that whenever you want. Whenever. Do it now, do it later. I don't know. But it's a secret, so anyway, moving on. Anyway, whoa. Jess, it is time for your story. It is. Topic was sync, or it is sync. It is still. That's it is still, true. yeah, that is still the topic. Right. Sync. Mm-hmm. And what are you talking about? Sorry in advance. Uh-oh. It's gonna be pretty bad. All right, well. Anyway. Thomas Hawks and Jackie Hawks. Thomas was 57 and Jackie was 47. Thomas had worked as a deputy probation officer in Arizona, and Jackie was the stepmom to his two sons that he'd had from a previous marriage. In August 2001, when it was time for Thomas to retire, they sold their house and they bought a huge, double-decked, two-bedroom, two-bathroom luxury yacht. Oh, fun. Mm Mm-hmm. They named it Well Deserved. Okay, Mm -hmm. sure. A little conceited, but... Go for it. You know what? They felt like they deserved it. Yeah. And so in 2012, they set sail and cruised up and down the Pacific coast for like two years. Wow. Enjoying, adventuring, traveling. They lived their retirement to the fullest, you might say. Mm Mm-hmm. Until, that is, one of Thomas's sons had a little boy, and they traveled back to California to sell the yacht in the hopes of buying a place in Arizona to be closer to family. Okay. Very sweet. Mm Mm-hmm. So they opted to sell the yacht themselves rather than go through a broker. Third party, sure. Sure, I guess with yachts specifically, yacht brokers get like ridiculous commissions off of helping you sell stuff. They did not want to pay that. Mm -hmm. So they did it themselves. They put an advertisement in Yachting World Magazine. Okay, seems like a great place for- Wonderful. To sell a yacht. Right, anyone looking at that would be interested in yachts, I assume. Oh yeah. And they asked for $435,000 for their yacht. I feel like that's reasonable for a luxury yacht. Definitely. They'd renovated the inside of it. They'd had they'd updated all the appliances and all the tech. Wow. Stainless steel? I'm assuming. Okay. So they let their family know when they had found a buyer. They had found one pretty quickly. Okay. And November 15th, 2004, they and the buyer were taking the boat out. This kind of doubled as a test drive for the buyer and a final trip for Thomas and Jackie before saying goodbye to what had been their home for the last couple of years. Right. The next day after this trip was supposed to have happened, Thomas's brother, who was a local cop, as well as a friend of both his and Thomas's, went down to the yacht to visit Thomas and Jackie and see how things went. They find the yacht, but they do not find Thomas and Jackie. Okay. So Thomas and Jackie aren't there, but their car is also gone, so maybe they're out. Right. But things seemed a little off. 
little details that wouldn't alarm anybody else, but he knew his brother, Mm -hmm. Thomas's brother, knew Thomas and saw that, I guess the yacht was so big, they couldn't dock it necessarily. Not here, where they they were in particular. So the yacht stayed out and they had an 11 foot dinghy, which is a small boat, that they used to get from the yacht to the dock. Okay. The dinghy was at the dock and it was tied really shittily to the dock. Ah, like someone who doesn't know what they're doing? Like someone who didn't know what they were doing tied it there, which was a red flag. So I guess noticing that he, Thomas's brother and this friend he brought with him, went to the yacht to see if everything was on the up and up and noticed similar things like that, things that just didn't add up that they wouldn't have done to the extent that he knew them. So Thomas's brother leaves a message for him and Jackie, says give him a call, but days go by and no one is hearing from them, not their kids, nobody. It's not a good sign. It is not. And so their family files a missing persons report. About 11 days later, after the final trip, November 26th, 2004, an attempt is made to access their bank account, Thomas and Jackie's bank Uh account, from Mexico. Uh Uh-oh. Ooh. That's also not looking so great. Right. November 29th, the police interview the buyer. It's a man named Skylar Delian. And they ask him about Thomas and Jackie's disappearance. He claims he paid them in cash. He provides proof of purchase. He has all the documents and they're all signed. He says that Thomas and Jackie took their money after the purchase was done. They got in their car and they left. And that's as much as he knows. Not his business after that. Sure. He also names a man, a witness, that they can verify all of these details with. And his name is Alonzo Machane. Okay. However, police were not able to interview Alonzo until March 2005, which was several months later. Lost a few months there. Yeah. Strangely enough, Alonzo fled to Mexico when they tried to interview him the first time, which was also a red flag. Right. Eventually, they were able to interview him. And uh, no pun intended, but he had some beans to spill, if you know what I mean. You're an idiot. (laughs) (laughs) I knew you'd say that. We're moving right on. So as it turns out, Skyler and his wife at the time, Jennifer, were in a ton of debt when he found out about this yacht for sale and devised a plan. He was in a ton of debt, but he paid for a yacht in cash? No. It's like, things don't sound very- Things are not adding up. On the up and up right right now. So Skyler posed as a buyer. He scheduled the test drive and he showed up with two other men claiming that one of these men was his accountant and the other was either his friend or his lawyer or both. I'm not really sure on that one. It was kind of a mixed bag of details. Either way, these two men were actually Alonzo Machane, who was giving the authorities this story. Alonzo was a former correctional officer who had met Skyler while Skyler was serving time in prison for burglary. Okay. And the other was John Fitzgerald Kennedy, who was a former Insane Crips gang member Insane Crips. Yeah, of Long Beach. Wow. Ex-convict for attempted murder and former youth pastor that he had recruited. Yes, he had recruited for this job the same day. Oh. Yeah. Okay. So he recruited him the same day that they took the boats out with the Hawks. So before leaving, because it's a little weird to show up with two men they weren't expecting, you know, he had Jennifer, his wife at the time, show up. She was pregnant. He had her bring their two-year-old daughter, and this was all to kind of set them at ease. He introduced them to his wife, 
said they wouldn't that his wife wouldn't be joining them, but it comforted them a little bit and made them trust him enough to go out on this boat with him. And they did. So they take the boat way out. Oh, yeah. They do. And once they decide to stop for a bit, Alonzo corners and restrains Jackie in the kitchen while Skylar and the insane Crips guy jump Thomas. Mm. Thomas was a competitive wrestler and a bodybuilder, so this was not easy to do. They end up tasing him three times in order to subdue him. Okay. This is the only way they're able to do that. They finally get him restrained after that, get Jackie restrained as well. They tape their eyes and their mouths shut, tie their hands together, and handcuff them to the bed. They then force them to sign the sales documents for the yacht, as well as, and I'm... This is also a mixed bag. Some articles said they signed over some of their personal assets as well. Okay. And those were just details he didn't share with the cops right away. Once everything's signed, Skylar ties them both to an anchor. Oof. And pushes them overboard. He didn't kill them first? No. Oof. And he pushes them into one of the deeper parts of the Pacific. Oof. He'd chosen that spot specifically for this purpose. Now, obviously, Alonzo had confessed all of this. This was not something Skylar was planning, so he got arrested, charged, and all this went to trial. Alonzo Machine got a plea bargain for sharing all of this information and ended up with 20 years and some change in prison. Okay. Skylar and John Kennedy, the insane Crips guy, were eventually sentenced to death, but oh. in California, so they're still alive right they're now. They're still kicking. Yeah, they, they are still alive. They got another 30, 40 years. Right. Um, Skylar Delian's trial actually had a lot of stuff going on in it um like an extra murder mixed in in there oh. as well and i that just seemed like a lot and it had not a lot to do with this necessarily so i didn't include any of that but if any of you any of you are interested in that go ahead and look that up um and uh the bodies of thomas and jackie have never been found dang and that's how this ends dang what a rough way to go i know now you didn't ask this, but I thought you were going to. And that is um, if heavy weights are tied to someone's legs and they're pushed overboard in the middle of the ocean, what would kill them first? The pressure difference oh. sinking in the water? Or would they drown first? Or would they run out of air and suffocate first, essentially? Assuming it's pressure? Um, It seems like people aren't sure. Also, this was asked online, so I have no idea if the people answering this are experts or not. Mm -hmm. Who knows? Take it with a grain of salt, but... There were a couple of good answers. One of them said, it seems to be like the, the consensus is lack of air. People are thinking they're drowning first. But someone else pointed something interesting out, which was, and they say, I'll just quote it. I don't fully agree with the other answers. If you're tied to an anchor, you're descending a lot faster than the people, the other people answering seem to believe. The average velocity of an anchor sinking is around 16 feet per second. Oh, shit. The human body is alleged to be able to handle up to four atmospheres of pressure in total. Every 33 feet of water is equal to one atmosphere of pressure. So that would imply fatal conditions below 132 feet. To avoid any doubt, we'll just add an extra four atmospheres and assume that you would be killed at 264 feet below. 264 divided by 16 feet per second is 16 and a half seconds. Oh, so you're, you're definitely crushed to death first. Yeah. Yikes. Even if you went under at the end of a breath, you would definitely have time to reach twice the depth that is considered fail. Fatal. But I'm assuming you'd pass out from the pressure. I'm really not sure how that would work. If you're the person 
experiencing it. But either way, it's super gruesome. Oh yeah. Brutal. And it, we're really not sure because also the average anchor isn't tied to two people. That's true. So it's gonna, I mean, I would imagine descend much slower than normal. Sure. But that's, there's just not things you can account for without testing it and recording your findings. We'll have to do a test. If any of you would like to volunteer to be one of the two people we tie to an anchor and sink. Sorry, is that in poor taste? I won't say that. I take that back. Don't say anything. We don't need anyone to volunteer to sink into the ocean. Yeah, quickly take that back. <laughs> we don't have a three shots at lawyer yet. <laughs> That's true. Be very careful. We don't have a legal team. <laughs> <laughs> well, we are running really short on time and I don't think we have time for the last wheel spin. Okay. So I would say we just like end the podcast. Of course. Okay, well, if you like what you heard, please like, rate, subscribe, and share this podcast. It can be shared with absolutely anyone. You can share it with your children's uh, book club. Uh, you can share it with your neighbors, um, uh, not the, his ne dog groomer. Not, not necessary. I mean, anyone who you trust and are close to and think can handle our sense of humor, which not a lot of people can take, recommend it to them. You can follow all of our social medias on that website. You can also find a link to our Patreon, which will give you access to a lot of extras. You can also find our single time donation through PayPal. What was the website? Three shots in.com. That's a good, it's a good name. It is. It's very simple. That's a good name. And we wouldn't have that website if it wasn't for our patrons. Thank you again, patrons. Thank you guys. You're the best. We love you. That's why we give you something super secret and awesome. A few secret things. A few secret things. Three Shots Cinema is a super secret podcast that only they get to listen to, the patrons. Mm-hmm. And they get to participate in as well. That's true. We have polls that they get to participate in. It's a lot of fun. Everyone loves it. You should it's totally a, join. It's a blast. Thousands of people are raving about it, so. Yeah. Tens of thousands, I heard. I heard that too. Yeah. Well, next week, the topic will be alarm. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. It could be fun. Maybe. It could be challenging. I think. Maybe. Yeah. It sounds like something you could th think of a lot of cool stuff possibly being related to, but difficult to search for. Yep. Yep. It'll be fun. Well, it will be. We'll see you soon. Yes, we will. Thank you guys for joining. This has been episode 31 of Three Shots In. Stay tuned for the next one. Bye. Bye. Tanus. <laughs> Tanus was a. <laughs> You're an idiot. Tanus was a simple country. <laughs> Tanus was a simple country. <laughs> You're so not helping at all. <laughs> <laughs>